This is Kyle Thomas in Trouble, and you're listening to Metal Hand of God Podcast. Podcast. I'm your host Wayne, and with me, like every show, are my two lovely friends. I'm Buck, and I like to loan people my computer. That's right. And I'm the wrong guy. Who's working the door at a bar right now? <laughs> <laughs> and it's we have. That's right, right. And we have a very special guest with us, Mr. Kyle Thomas. Hey, Kyle. How's everybody doing? Good, man. Good. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Kyle, he's uh, now he's singing with the band Trouble. Uh, he has been he sang with Floodgate, uh, Alabama Thunderpussy, and Exhorter, amongst other <laughs> other acts. Um, is there anyone I'm missing there, Kyle? Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, there's Pitts versus Preps. Uh, oh, that's yes. a that's a current band. Um, but also there was Jones's Lounge as well from uh, I guess the early 2000s that I. I had going, but uh, currently Pits versus Preps and Trouble would be it. Nice, okay, just making sure. Uh, I really like the new Trouble record, man. Distortion Field is awesome. Thank you. How, how the hell did you um, get hooked up with these guys? They just uh, got well. Uh, I, I do actually have a history with Trouble. Back in the '90s, I had made friends with Ron Holzner, the former bass player of Trouble, and we, I say we, being Floodgate. At the time, we were nice. touring and such, and Ron had let me know that uh, this this festival that his band at the time with Rick Wartell from Trouble, which was called Wet Animal, <laughs> they were playing a festival that we were also playing called the Expo of the Extreme in Chicago, and it was two or three day festival, uh, a combination heavy metal festival and porn star convention. It was really a bizarre undertaking. Why, why didn't I know about this? <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, I think I was there. <laughs> intriguing to say the least. And not a, in some ways it was really cool. And in some ways it wasn't as awesome as you might think it was. But in any event, a few weeks leading up to that show, Ron had called me and said, Hey, look, you know, they're, they're talking about having trouble get up on stage, but, uh, but Eric Wagner will won't be involved so what we're calling it is trouble with a little help from their friends and at the time it was planned to have maybe a half a dozen or so vocalists uh some of the ones i had in mind were john garcia from caius oh wow and phil anselmo kirk winstein wino and they invited me to be one of these guys to get up and sing and i was like well absolutely you know it'd be an absolute honor for me yeah. As we started getting closer to the show, uh, down dropped off the bill, so Phil and Kirk weren't going to be there, and John Garcia wasn't going to make it, and then it was just me and Wino, and at that point, Wino was just like, why don't y'all just see if Kyle will do the whole show, and <laughs> so they said, well, okay, they asked me to do the whole show, and I said, absolutely, that'd be great. So, long story short, that's, that's where I first was uh, involved with anything Trouble did. We, we did about four shows over a couple of years, and then they got back together with Eric and uh, and 
Jeff Olson came back to the band and uh, basically long story short again <laughs> uh, they they weren't happy with this guy Corey Clark that was singing before me so the sound man Larry who's been with them forever and I know him as well as I know these guys he called me and said if trouble were to ask you to do a record with him what would you say I said I would say yes tell them to call me so here we are that's awesome that's man, amazing I'll tell you what dude uh, I listened to like a few of the songs off of the album and then I watched a bunch of the uh, have you seen some of the YouTube clips of you guys? Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, <laughs> there's a ton. They, they, the ones from Barcelona, yeah, went up pretty much the next day after we did the show. Somebody in the crowd took those, and they came out pretty good, considering that it was taken out in the crowd. You know, usually those the audio's pretty much useless on that kind of video, and it, it doesn't sound bad at all to me. No, no, me either. That's why I was like, I was, I was really impressed with the, with the quality. I was like, oh wow. That's a damn good Mer- cell phone. You, uh, yeah. What was the well the venue that you played in Barcelona? What was that? Uh, what was that the was that actually uh, like a permanent tent that they have set up there on the river. Okay. Uh, not, the, not, not on the riverside. It's uh it's right there on the Mediterranean Sea uh, within walking distance. Yeah. That was part of the uh, the Olympic Games when they were there uh, many years ago. Oh. Oh, and okay. they just left the tent up and they rented out for occasions and you know banquets or whatever and concerts that's cool yeah man that's really awesome barcelona is really really an awesome place it is beautiful the people are so nice and the architecture is amazing and uh, the weather's fantastic it was it was beautiful there uh the 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 ladies look nice everything's nice (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know that's you know to be said for anything on the mediterranean i think yeah, I, I, I have so. to agree yeah. with you on that one. <laughs> I, I don't like to agree with you, but as I have never been on the Mediterranean, I have no idea. Yeah, but you could see them. You could look them up, man. I don't have, like... You don't have internet? No. Ah, liar. I actually don't have internet. Well, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I tell you, man, one of, one of the coolest things that um, that I've, I thought you've done was that, um, how was it, Roadrunner United record? Oh, yeah, yeah, that was... Uh... Man, that record, that song that you sang on was fucking incredible. <laughs> That, that actually is kind of odd. When that came around to me, I was doing virtually nothing at that point in my life. Uh, I had almost completely ducked out of doing any kind of music at all. Yeah, because that was, that was right before you guys got back together with Exhorter. Uh, yeah, that was right before the first reunion that we... Well, yeah, well, I don't know if it'd be the first reunion. <laughs> uh, the one that we did around 2001. Yeah. Uh, 2003 area that one uh i had i'm trying to remember exactly the dates it's that period of my life is definitely not the uh not the happiest not the clearest yeah so uh i had gotten a call from monty connor from roadrunner uh he was our a and r guy for exhorter and for floodgate uh at the time he was senior vice president of roadrunner and he and i maintained a strong friendship over the years, he gave me a call and said, "Look, you know, we're doing this project, kind of in the uh, in the realm of what Dave Grohl did with Probot." Right. Said, you know, we're assembling four writing teams, and these guys have the the freedom to assemble their own teams per song. You know, uh, they're each writing four songs, and they're just grabbing guys who have been affiliated with Roadrunner in some form or fashion over the years. And Joey Jordison from Slipknot is one of our writers, and he asked me to contact you about doing a song with him. Wow, that's awesome. I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> of course I will. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and I, man, I I never knew 
I mean, really, to this day, I don't know much about Slipknot. And when I finally talked to Joey, I told him right off the bat, I said, man, I said, I'm going to be perfectly frank with you. I couldn't tell you the name of one Slipknot song unless you have a song, song called Slipknot, and that's just a shot in the dark. <laughs> but he said, dude, he said, don't even worry about that. And he said, I could care less. He said, when I, he said, let me just get this over with now. When I was in high school, we had a garage band and we pretended to be Exhorter. We aspired to be Exhorter, not just sound wow. like Exhorter. We wanted to be Exhorter. That's awesome. And he said, you know, if it wasn't for you guys, you know, essentially I wouldn't be the, the musician that I am today. And I was just like, wow, you know, that, that's gotta make really, you feel good, dude. Really says a lot because <laughs> I admire him greatly for the success that he has and, and, you know, his determination. Obviously, he, I'm sure he worked very hard to get to where he is, but he was totally just a bro. You know, I, I mailed him a, a leftover tour shirt from the law. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, he called me. He's like, dude, he's like, I'm doing cartwheels around my house in this thing. He's like, dude, be careful. That thing's so old, it's probably going to dry rot and fall off you. He's like, I don't care. I'm wearing it. No, that's awesome, dude. I, I respect Joey Joyce, and he's an incredible drummer. Yeah, and and he wrote the uh the he wrote the music for Constitution Down. He, he wrote those oh, guitar wow. parts, and he Holy wrote God, the guitar parts and taught them to the other guys. And he told me after he wrote the music, he said, "I'm giving the song to you. It is no longer mine. It is yours. Do what you want to do to it." Damn. And that's exactly what I did. I just asked him. I said, "You tell me what you got in mind." Which part is verse? Which part is chorus? And he told me, well, I think this is verse, this is chorus. I said, all right, I got this. And, uh, and he gave me half writing credit. Yeah, man. That's, that's what that, that song and the King Diamond song on that record are my two favorite songs on that whole <laughs> album, man. Yeah, the King Diamond song's good. Uh, I like the one, oh, shoot, the one that he, I think it was one of Joey's songs that he did with Tommy Thayer from, Grunt Truck and the Accused. Yeah. Uh, was Keith Caputo sang on it, maybe? I think so. I think that's uh, it. It was just a good jamming song. And, and there was a lot more on there that was pretty, Oh, yeah. Um, some of it, not necessarily the styles that I listened to, but uh, the, the whole album's pretty good. I yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, those, but those two are my favorite songs on the whole record. I was just... When, when I didn't even know you were on it at first, and I'm sitting there listening, and I was like, man, this voice sounds familiar. And I look in the notes, I'm like, oh, okay, now I know why. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, the, the good thing about that is it took me out of my musical funk I was in. Really, it put me back on the map in a way that I hadn't really been on since Floodgate. And I, I needed that because I was sinking uh, uh, spiritually in my life. I was just not doing much anything, and it's just a terrible place for someone like me to be to not be doing anything and uh i'm forever grateful to monty and for joey for helping pull me out of that and the fact that he gave me half writing credit i have made a, a decent little chunk of change off of that one song and Good. And that's always beneficial too. And well, yeah. <laughs> let, let me go. Let me go. Uh, if you don't mind me asking a uh, kind of a strange question. Well, it's not really a strange question, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you back real quick because I'm interested. I know a lot of other people might be. What was the? Uh, it's hard to probably pinpoint, but what is the moment in uh, in uh, your life when when you decided music? This is what I'm gonna do. Um. The very first moment that I felt that, yeah, I think the first time that I really got a visual of what Kiss was. Wow. Okay. When I was about four or six years old, something in that 
realm. Uh, I think I was six because my brother came home uh, for his birthday, and my sister had bought him rock and roll over, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so we opened it up, and you know, there weren't any pictures; it was just all drawings and stuff on the sleeve. But we listened to it, and I had heard Doctor Love on the radio, and then we saw him on like the Midnight Special or Don Kirshner's rock concert or something like that, and I just went, "Oh yeah. my god." <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. It's like, I want to be these dudes. This is what I want. Yeah. And I mean, that was just the first moment where I just wanted to be larger than life rock star type something, you know. Uh, I did. It wasn't always that way. There was a period where I wanted to be a football player, uh, you know, but it, it was always either rock star. Rock star, football player. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I'm, I'm glad you didn't go the football player route. Well, I'm 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 built like a wide receiver and about as slow as a center. So it's I'll catch I'll catch everything you throw at me, but nobody wants to see that slow white guy. <laughs> um, you know, I, it's funny you were talking about Floodgate earlier. Uh, your drummer from Floodgate. Yes. Uh, I cannot remember his name to save my life, but he lived like two doors down from me in his apartment right here in Metairie. Wow. Uh, Neil Montgomery. Neil, Neil, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, I knew him pretty decently. Uh, his his family still actually lives here in the apartments, so okay. yeah, I see him every once in a while. It yeah. was it was kind of funny because I didn't realize it was it was him, you know, and um, his cousin or or I don't remember what he is. I think he's his cousin. He lives next door to me. And he plays music as well. So me and him were talking back and forth about music. And he's like, yeah, my, uh, it, it was his, it, my uncle, my uncle, um, used to play in a band called Floodgate. And I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. Neil's, a, Neil's kind of a, a quiet guy. Uh, of course, until you get to know him, then, I mean, he's a hilarious dude, uh, and a great, great guy. But yeah, he's, he's not a, a guy who's going to walk in and, and just, you know, explode into the room. He's, very uh, very laid back guys. Definitely one of the favorite people I've ever jammed with. Yeah, he was a really cool dude, man. I, you know, I talked to him a bunch yeah. over, over the years he lived here. Hey, man, hey, folks, we got a bit of a party at this party. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I think Rum, Rum is, is entertaining some ladies I, outside I, the door. Yeah, yeah, hey, there's said, no dude. sex in the champagne room. That's right. You remember that, Rum. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Rum, Rum Another got like good 500 bucks on him. There's definitely sex. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Scrooge McDuck over there. Don't eat the strip club. <laughs> Oh, um, speaking of old T-shirts about your the Law Tour shirt you said you were talking about, I had a shirt when I was in. I know this is going to make you sound old. I'm sorry. Well, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. When I was that doesn't ever come after anything good. Yeah, I know. But when I was in like <laughs> I was in seventh grade and uh, I got in trouble because I was wearing an Exhorter Get Rude T-shirt. Nice. That you know the old scribbled like it almost looked like it was drawn with a pencil with the guy flipping the bird. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I actually got in trouble for that fucking t-shirt and i had it up to katrina i i still had the shirt and uh when katrina hit it took it with it but you know i, I remember that one of the teacher um he he actually this is the first time i was ever accosted by a teacher he actually wow. picked me up out of my seat and said do you think this shirt is funny do you think it's funny Actually, yes. I do. <laughs> go go out of my classroom and turn it inside out. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so I did. And at least at least your teachers were cool. Uh, if, if I wore anything like that, they would write on it in Sharpie so it was permanently damaged. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, funny, thing, funny thing that you say about that is uh, when we were 
pretty much at that stage of exhorter. That was at the very beginning. I was 16 years old, and I'm looking at the, my oldest son the other day, who is basically a year and a half younger right now than I was when we were writing those first batches of songs and decided we were going to be called exhorter. So I'm looking at this wow. boy, my son, going, <laughs> no way. Hey, not, never, no Never. <laughs> hey, it's a different, and, a different generation, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, uh, I don't know. I, God bless my parents. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> now, are, are are you are you one of the uh, one of the parents that uh, goes? Uh, you know, are, are you the guy that goes? Uh, music does you know like doesn't like what the son listens to type of thing. Are you that guy? Uh, to be honest with you, as much as my kids are inclined and talented towards music, it's different now. Uh, like my my son, that one there, he he took drum lessons, was good, mm-hmm. lost interest in it. I started teaching the guitar, he was good, lost interest in it. He's he's rejoined the chorus at school so he can sing. Cool. But and, and my my stepdaughter, she plays piano and she's got a voice like an angel. My youngest son would just he's the guy who's singing "Let the Bodies Hit the Floor," right? That's <laughs> that's just who he is. Right, right. Uh, but none of them dive into albums like we did when we were kids. Right. They don't yeah, do that. And I don't know if it's because the world is a short attention span world with the internet and everything's just so at your palm of your hand. But there, and maybe there are kids who do. Uh, my kids like good music. They, you know, they, you know, some of them like a little pop here and there. And I, I don't push my music on them. In fact, I'd rather them discover their own. And by no means do I want to push them into the direction that I had gone in. They probably better off not following my footsteps but if they want to i'll encourage them and lead them the right way but yeah like you know led zeppelin black sabbath that kind of stuff the the kids like it that's timeless music that's uh, unless you just don't like heavy guitar or something you're gonna like that kind of stuff more than likely right but you know these days like you were saying it's 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 kind of like that instant gratification society you know most people that's what they want they want it at the tip of their hand here it is bam it's there i'm gonna listen to 35 seconds of a song and that's it well when 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 i used to get an album i mean it was a big thing i mean i didn't you know we didn't have a lot of money but when you had enough money to to go out and you bought the album it it was tangible you were holding it and this is you know you're not just listening to music you're you're experiencing the music you're looking at the artwork you're you're right i mean you would go i mean i I remember going and getting uh, uh, when I got my uh, I've said it before it was one of my favorite albums when I was growing up was uh, British Steel when I got my Judas Priest album and I mean you just felt like you wanted to be alone you wanted to hear the music you listen to that album from from front from the, from the first song to the last song nonstop and it was like uh, it was like watching a movie you know it was it was a journey and that's what it it's it really does seem to be kind of lost now. I think uh, I think iTunes and, and things like that have really killed a lot. Like you said, Wayne. I mean, it's just it's all uh, you know it's it's all quick and quick and yeah. easy music. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you completely, wrong guy. You know, when with what you're saying, you as a kid you scraped up your change and saved it up, or you know worked yeah. cut a cut a lawn, and when you found out that the new Ozzy album or, you know, the new ACDC was coming out, you'd hop down bus or hitch a ride or hey, rode sure. your bike yeah. to, the, 
to the record store and you bought it. And because yeah. you bought it with your hard-earned money, you went home, you put it on a pedestal and told everyone not to touch it yep. and listened you're, to you're, it from front to back. It meant your more. music kind of defined you. I mean, it, it really did. It helped define you when you were, you know, when you were, you know, oh, as a person at that time. It really yeah. was. Yep. But, you know, kids can go YouTube whatever they want or just pull the MP3 of the song they like. Yeah. It's much different. Yeah, that's true. I remember the uh, getting, um, uh, what was it, Peace of Mind was one of my first records, that actual record, you know, on vinyl. I was just like, and, you know, I was blown away because of the artwork on that album cover. I mean, as a kid, it was just like, oh, my God, this is the coolest thing ever. And then when you listen to that record, it's, I mean, how can you say anything bad about Iron Maiden? Yeah, I always tried to listen to the lyrics of, of like what what you know those lyrics that you know that that might be you know you're always thinking about those controversial lyrics or what are they saying or what are they meaning and yeah you know, that was that was always the coolest thing for me I mean it was you know hey um Adam not not to, not to change what uh, did you ever you've you've had metal albums or you've listened to metal music what what was some of the first metal you ever listened to um I mean my I I grew up in a uh, <clears throat> 60s and 70s centric household so I mean. I I guess it depends on your definition. The easiest one would be uh, Black Sabbath and, and Ozzy. Yeah. Uh, That's cool. You know, I, I consider ACDC metal, and I grew up with a lot of that, although I've been told that they're not metal. But whatever, you know. Yeah. I don't know how would you classify ACDC. I mean, they're they're a classic rock band. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But they're, they're further than hard rock is my – I mean, I – I'm not a metal person, so I, I can't. You know, I know y'all have all kinds of definitions for well, yeah, for I mean, things, but to me, well, you know, like if you want blood, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. That's that's you know, that's that's two steps beyond. You know, as much as I love Zeppelin, Zeppelin's not a metal band. They're no. they're clearly hard rock, you know. And uh, I don't know, but yeah, I guess technically probably Sabbath. That's you know, true, so. not that I'm familiar with that much of Sabbath, but but a little bit. Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, that's how we were. Uh, my 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 father was a straight up hippie, and you know, I mean, I would get his band would actually play in the living room, and you know, so that was actually really cool. I got to hear his, you know, them do all their music and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad, I actually still own my dad's uh, uh, Hammond organ. He's got a full, I had a full size Hammond organ, which was the, wow. Yeah, dude, I, it's like this big, massive. I even have the Leslie, you know, the big amplifier with right. the spinning. Everything, dude, dude. That is so awesome. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. I, I got to get it refinished because it, you know, over the years, I mean, it's just been sitting there, but it, it works. It's awesome. I mean, I'm just like, I'm not going to get rid of it. I have a different relationship with my father. I've never held any of his organs. You never. Have. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I kept his organ around. It was nice. <laughs> it was it was huge. Here that was go, perfect. Mom. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to show you some things don't pass down. But that's yeah, all. Yeah, fuck um. off. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I grew up with all that like seventies and eighties yeah. stuff. I, yeah, this this will this will piss you metal guys off. Uh, I got into Metallica with a black album. <laughs> Oh, oh, bad move. That's right. I own S&M. <laughs> it was two albums after I gave up on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I like I like the original version of one and stuff like that. You know, I, some of the other stuff I, I prefer with the orchestra. Yeah, my that's my very me. my very first cassette was Ride the Lightning. You know, mm-hmm. and 
after I got, I, I've spent my money and bought that cassette. I was, that was it. You know, I was sucked in. You know, it was just like changed my life. Yeah, 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 me too. It was just like, wow, this is it's fucking incredible. You know, and I don't know what happened after that. I was so confused the first one of the first time. I, it, I, I went and bought a. Uh, I remember going and buying um, a Motley Crue album. What was it? Uh, Livewire. Live Live, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, too fast for love. Too That's fast for love. Yeah. Too yeah. fast for love. Yeah, yeah. And then on the same day. I mean, this is really so non-metal. I mean, this is how confused I was. I went and bought Prince Purple Rain. Nice. But that's a great album. It is. It is, but so not in the same category. Well, that's right. all right. That's all right. I had I had Ride the Lightning and Kings of Rap for crying out loud. Oh, you know, wow. I mean, I was a that's kid. Right. One Christmas, I got Slayer, Hella Waits, and Striper uh, to hell with the devil or something. <laughs> they were fighting in the rapper. Oh, conflict of interest. <laughs> Oh wow, Striper! That was one of Wayne's favorite bands. Oh yeah, mm, I love. Those oh wait, guys. it was the Yellow and Black Attack. That's that, what it was. <laughs> they're in the spandex on the front cover. They look like uh, giant bumblebees. They did. It was really awful. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, when you had said about ACDC being uh, classic rock, but they, you know when they came out, they weren't classic. They were just rock. Well, yeah, I know. Uh, it's, now it's, it's, it's weird. To, it's it's weird to know that all these bands we listen to are now considered classic rock. Well, listen to this. Like, Metallica will be considered classic rock eventually. Right. Well, I, uh, they're one of the only bands that I know that you can turn on a radio station. And it's like it's Metallica Monday. You know, it's you know. <laughs> well, like, just, just how are they getting way. all this PR? Look at it. Look at it this way. Classic rock in 1988 was stuff that was being made late 60s, early 70s. Right. That's less than 20 years. Metallica okay. came out mid 80s. We're we're 30 years past that. Yeah. You know, it's really what defines classic rock is really which stations decide to play them. That's true. Yeah, you know, but I, I'm I'm, I'm just. I just, uh, on a side note, I'm, I'm, well, with this, what we're talking about is, I'm just confused on why most stations don't play stuff like, like Judas Priest often or Iron Maiden often. I mean, I get it, but they're not, they're not like, they're not like Deicide. You know, it's not well, like they're up there going, ooh. I think stations like 92.3 play stuff like that. It just depends on how well known they are. Mm. Yeah, and when is, when is a radio station going to play something other than War Pigs, Paranoid, and Iron Man by Black Sabbath. You know? Yeah, you're right. You're right yeah. on that one. I mean, yeah. anything. You know, like Fairies Wear Boots would be nice or something. You know, just throw a little something in there. Well, How about you know, one of the other albums? Right, know? yeah. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of the reason that podcasts are, are growing bigger is because the, the, the main reason radio stations function like that is because they're run by – it's 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 very much a good old boy system where this it's the same thinking, the same people – you know, it's it's fairly inbred in the way they they operate business, and they don't they don't take chances. They don't go let's let's do something different anymore. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's not like what's his name, Alan, uh, the guy that that like Dick Clark's old. Alan Thick? No. Alan Funt? <laughs> Alan Funt? No, I can't think of his name. <laughs> anyway. Uh, the guy that like I think defined the word rock and roll, the, like the radio station, it doesn't matter. I don't know. Yeah, okay, anyway, that guy. The point is, uh, you know, podcasts are getting bigger because it, it has people. Alanon. What? Alanon. Alanon. <laughs> no, 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 there was no guy named Alanon in the radio business. Believe me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, but, uh, well, you know, but, uh, podcasts, you're right. they go and talk to, you know, a gentleman like you to, uh, you know, who, who, who we care about. Not, right. Not uh, not Alan Funt. Not Alan Funt. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> Dead bastard. Oh, 
some of your best radio stations are a lot of times come right out of your local colleges. I mean, they're the ones that have yeah. really kept the concept of, of of metal or any type of music, really pure music, alive. Are these are these these indie stations like that? You know, well, they'll play anything. Well, I'll give you a yeah. good example. You know, we had we had Vidra on a couple of weeks ago, right? And, and uh, she we like we're familiar with her from a station called one hundred six point seven. The end. That was. They they called themselves the rock alternative. They played a lot of like regular rock, yeah. hardcore rock, and then a, a little bit of metal. And uh, they had a good thing going. They were a very popular station. And then for no reason at all, the station owners were like, "Let's just make it a country station." And then it died. Right, because yeah. New Orleans already has a major country station. And nobody was switching sides. And but that's how the radio industry is run. You know, it's like the, the you know uh, you know what. I just bought this radio station, and I don't like Ozzy Osbourne, so we're going to play uh, flute Keith, music. Keith Irving. Or Irving, whatever the fuck his name Irving? is. Irving? Yeah, that's him. There you go. I couldn't think of his name. I don't know. Close enough for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, so uh, Kyle, is there going to be any trouble tours down here, out out in the States? Eventually, we're going we're gonna to do some shows around here. We have kind of relegated ourselves to the fact that if we do anything in the States before the year is up, it may just be a short weekend between uh, New Orleans and Chicago, maybe hitting St. Louis in between. Okay. Otherwise... Next year, there's been talk about us possibly going out and doing uh, a leg with Down, and nice. it looks like we may be going back to Europe to do some of the bigger festivals, the summer festivals. So at this point, the way our lives are, we, we're not uh, designed and built for doing long, long touring anymore. Well, well yeah, I mean, you know, you guys have families and everything else like that. I mean, that's that's... That's how it's yeah. got to be tough. Yeah. It's got to be tough. The, families the, stuff. the good news is, is that we are not against coming out there and, and playing and uh it may take a while but we're you know we're, we're planning on trying to you know hit all the corners of the of the country and and in between and it just may take us a while to do it but we're planning on doing it that's awesome that's well awesome. I, I i promise you this you'll find plenty of trouble here in new orleans I, I have a sneaking suspicion that when we play here, it's going to be a great show because Trouble always was well-loved here to begin with, but now that there's local flavor and interest in it, uh, yeah. I think it probably has spiked the interest here some uh, some more. So that's that's even better because I've had some great shows here. I've had some lousy ones here too as well. <laughs> but, you know, Wayne knows a, all about that. Yeah, I've, pl- I've played some lousy shows here too, believe me. Yeah, yeah. We, need to get you, we need to get you all up here to Savannah. I mean, there's a lot of good venues up here for y'all for sure. Yeah, you're you're working the door to one right now. Yeah, you're yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have. Um, <laughs> if you showed up right now, I could get you in. Do you? You don't you don't go out too much anymore, huh, Kyle? You just kind of stay at the house. I, I mean, on occasion I do, but uh, I've I've got my kids uh, half the time. They they're with their mom half the time, and same thing with my stepdaughter. She's here half the time with her dad half the time. But you know, it's we, we our free time is at the same time, so. My wife and I like to go out here and there, but yeah. I mean, not too too much. It's it's fun, but I don't want to do it every free moment. I got. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I completely understand that. I have a bizarre question that, with an even more bizarre preface. <laughs> uh, I was watching today. There was a. There used to be a show on after Saved by the Bell called California Dreams. Uh-huh. About this surf band, <laughs> and uh, nice. apparently Jimmy Kimmel had a reunion with them, and I and they were they were all telling them you know what they were doing, and like one of the guys is getting his master's in psychology, 
and I thought, man, it must be bizarre. Like, like you know, they they all had kids, and and uh, I was like, I wonder, like, do his kids know that he used to have a TV show on NBC? And uh, so my my question is essentially like like do your do your kids know what you did like beyond the the idea like that how like, dad, cool their dad really is you know like well I've never uh, I've never completely hid who I am to them because I I definitely believe in being honest with my kids. However, on a need-to-know basis, the gory <laughs> details. For instance, my oldest son, the one who's 14, is a freshman in high school. Uh, they all know I was in a band called Exhorter. Not one of them knew I had an album called Slaughter in the Vatican. There's nothing laying around my house <laughs> that they all go to Catholic school, so they don't you know, have it's the, imperative the, to me that that's not like on the front burner, right? So I told my 14 year old the other day about it and about some of the, you know, the the con the, con the lyrical content and some of the song titles, and he just kind of like, wow, you know, like I had no idea. I just said, yeah, I said, but you gotta kind of take it with a grain of salt. It's basically just like these people make horror movies. He goes, you make horror music. I said, yeah. There you go. That's a that's so, a good analogy. So yeah, uh, I mean, when 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 the Alabama Thunder Pussy album came out and we were getting so much press and on MTV and stuff, you know, they 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 were right there with me, but I wouldn't allow them to say the band name. I would tell them to call it ATP, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I I I just really don't like have a lot of stuff laying around. You know, like my house is not a shrine to what I've done musically at all. It's a pretty normal family house and. And my kids grew up with me just as a normal dad. And, you know, well, that's to them it's a normal dad. You know, to somebody else on occasion it might be kind of odd. But uh, I don't run around with pentagrams and <laughs> stuff. It's just, dude, we're, we're pretty normal. We're pretty boring. You don't, you don't you go around and say, you know who I am? Right. <laughs> don't know who I am? I'm the guy that installed the fire alarm system here. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I smell a new song. You know, it's funny you say it's funny you say that, man. Uh, we had um, Dan Wilker on here from SOD. Oh yeah, yeah. He came on, and you know, we were just talking back and forth. And I'd asked him. I said, "Well, obviously," he says, "Yeah, because you know, extreme music doesn't pay the bills." I said, "Well, obviously, you have another job. What are you doing?" And he's, he's like, "Yeah, I work at Party City." I was like, "Wow, nice." You know, it's it, it's kind of it's kind of a humbling thing for some people to hear that. You know? Yeah. I was like, dude, can you get me a part time job? <laughs> I, you would not believe the amount of people that email me or comment on something I put on Facebook when I talk about how bad the work they suck and they're like what do you mean you have a job <laughs> like like you shouldn't you be out on tour right now well, well yeah <laughs> but i got the, the, the answer, bills the answer is well if you buy more of my stuff uh <laughs> that you know Right, we can afford to pay for the tour bus. Well, I mean, right. it, you know, for a long time, I mean, I used to go to Chili's on um, on Veterans, and uh, Glenn, uh, not Glenn, uh, Ben Falgu was the the cook. Yeah, you know, I mean, those guys. That's the guy. That's the singer from Soylent Green and, and Total War. Oh, is he made out of people? No, he's not made he's out of people. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm glad you said it because I was going there. But uh, you know, I mean, it was just it's it's it's. It's well, odd, you know, to see these I, guys out there. But, I mean, of course, everyone has to have their day jobs. They're not. Right. You know. Well, I think a lot of it comes down to, like, you know, we, we all kind of grew up in the MTV age. And, right. And the idea that, that you know, if, if you if you have a record out, like, on a major label or any kind of label, then you must be breaking in, you know, millions. And for most kinds of music, 
you know, if you're not a rapper, no. I mean, you're not you, making you, any money. You might be able to get to that point a few albums later and touring your ass off. Right. But well, particularly look, with. Am I wrong in thinking that, that most of the money would is just going to go to to doing the tour? Is is going to pay everybody else? Is right. You know, usually I I would feel I think that I. You know, please correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of times when you got a new album out and, and, and you're going out and you're promoting that album, a lot of times you're putting out probably more, more cash than it took to, to do, you know, do the album and all that other to stuff. So go out and support it on tour. Yes, it's expensive. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, I learned when I was, when, when I was doing the Floodgate, uh, album and really just kind of, I didn't do a lot of the business with Exhorter that first time around. I was young and, and just didn't care. I just wanted my next beer. That's all I wanted. Right. And when I did Floodgate, that was my baby. I was really interested in the business side of it and I studied a lot and tried to learn everything that I could. And that was one, one of the things that I learned was that just because a band, like Typo Negative, for instance, they were the hot band on Roadrunner at the time. They gave Roadrunner their first gold record that they ever had. Wow. And, That's uh, one of my favorite bands. And, and so I was like, wow, they must have made a ton of money on that first album. And then, yeah, I, I got to talking to their manager and he told me, he said, man, he said, it's just not the way it, it, it is. He said, you know, we're still in debt from that first album and we're going out on tour, uh, basically for this next album, trying to recover from that, you know, so it's, it's always this, this catch up game that you're doing. And that's why the bands go out and tour the bands that are like true, real full time bands. Uh, when they're trying to break albums, there's so much money dumped into it that they have to go out on tour to support it and pay for it. And then if you get to the point where you're actually making money, well, that's, that's how they do it. They go out and they play shows and sell merchandise because unless you have your own record label, you're only making a fraction of, of the, uh, the album revenues. And it's just as, those first few albums you, you mentioned, typo negative. Uh, uh, I mean, Peter Steele was still living at home with his mom. Uh, I mean, he was he was. Uh, I remember him doing an episode of. Uh, uh, he was asked to do an, uh, an episode of Jerry Springer. I don't know for that. Yeah, and he was talking. All these all these girls were were were, were trying to. They were kind of stalking him, and uh, he he was like, uh, yeah, he had his uh, his girls were coming to his uh, front porch, and his mom was answering the. Door. And she was basically interviewing them before they went on a date. But I mean it's it, it's it's you know it's 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 tough. I mean it would have to be tough to, to, to just to try to make the bank to, to, to move on. You you put out a hundred percent, you need to make four hundred percent just to get just to break even. It's truly uh one of the toughest businesses to make it in and and keep surviving uh generating revenue it's just it's it's kind of like in a way it's kind of like athletics you know all these kids grow up playing sports and they all dream of being a a sports star and you know the, the hard cold fact is that only 52 guys can make one football team and only you know what 15 guys can make one basketball team and right yeah yeah you know, so you've got to be like the best of the best of the best and it's kind of the same way in music although in some cases i don't know how some of these people have gotten so many grammys yeah <laughs> but, I, I don't know how some of these people got record deals in the first place right but you know luck plays a lot 
into uh, music and being in the right place at the right time as well. But, man, how many fantastic musicians do you guys know that are sitting around and people are just going, why is this guy sitting here? Why does that guy have to go drive that bread truck every yeah. day? In this city alone, dude, I've played with, uh, with two guitar players that I consider probably two of the best guitar players that's ever played in, in a city. And what they do, uh, one delivers pipes and, uh, and the other one, I don't even, I think he's a computer guy, you know, it's like, uh, it's wasted talent. Does, does he deliver pipe, pipe or lay it? No, it's Joe, he just delivers it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah! Yeah, oh, Joe Pano. <laughs> no, no! But, Sorry. you know, I mean, these guys, I know a lot of great musicians out here that just kinda, it, it, it's just kinda like a sad thing, you know, it's like they can't break out because, I don't know. It's like nobody's there to see them, you know? Yeah, there's always going to be somebody that has never gotten that break that can play circles around everybody out there. And yep. it's just yeah. it's just what it is. And it's not fair and it's not right, but it's true. But on the other hand, you, you've gotten a lot farther than most of those people. You're, you're, you're touring Europe, you know. You're not, you know, uh, uh, apologies working at Party City or, or, <laughs> or, or, or well, maybe you're laying pipe. I don't know. Uh, well, I'm sure he is. <laughs> he does have children. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, look, I, they're not I'm, adopted. Uh, All right. When, when we started doing He's got the trophies, when we started doing the podcast. You know, I said, look, you know, if we're going to do this, we need to look at it the way you know you should look at it. If you're a musician, like if if you love doing it and you're willing to do it for free, awesome. If it turns out to be a career, awesome. awesome. You know, but don't count it to be a career, so you better love it. <laughs> yep. And uh, but I mean, you you've actually made it into an actual career. You know, it's not. It's awesome. You know, you're not one of those guys who who just you know you got a name, but you still you know it's not going anywhere. You know, you're, yeah, yeah. He's actually yeah he's actually doing something with it. But to to, to on another note, I just want to say, in my personal opinion, Kyle has one of the best voices that's ever come out of this city. And, and that's, he's got an amazing voice, dude. Amazing. Dude, seriously, I, I mean, just incredible. You know, I don't know how the hell you kept it up that long. Because you know, I I sing and it's probably from not probably from not touring too much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, See that laying around has its advantages. There it is. There it is. People remember you you do. You have one of those voices that uh, it just it 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 needs to be in this genre of music. It 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 sounds good. It's meant to be there. You know. I've been blessed. I I never wanted to be a singer in my life. Never aspired to be a singer. Started out on trumpet, took bass, and then guitar, and just happened to sing at a practice session that wasn't so great. Next thing I know, everybody's wanting me to sing. And oh, that's awesome, dude. I said, well, you know, I'll sing, and then I started getting pretty good at it, so I, I, I joined the chorus in school and took, you know, I... I was in the chorus in high school for two years and once in uh, at the University of New Orleans for a semester. And that's about all I did that semester. I didn't go to class very much. <laughs> drank, drank, played. <laughs> so say we but, all. <laughs> yeah. Right, it, it taught me a lot. And it, it, over the years, I've learned how to incorporate that into singing and rock and roll. And it, it really 
has made my voice grow exponentially and I can't even begin to tell you the value that I place on that part of my education for for my artistic ability for sure yeah Very I, cool. t- I, I tell you man what a, what, if I'm not mistaken you did do a cover band with I should say a tribute band with some guys called power slave yeah yeah that was rigid yes rigid and that's right me and and Jason Portera from Pitts versus Preps and that you only played one show though right two actually two I saw the one at Zeppelin's one of the ones at Zeppelin's I don't know if you played another one somewhere else but why don't you do that again <laughs> That was awesome, well, man. Who says that we're not? Oh, all right. <laughs> but it actually, we've, there's been talks of of doing a, an Iron Maiden project with uh, a few other guys. Uh, not, not all those guys are even available right now that we did yeah. that before. But uh, we're, we're it's been mentioned, so uh, Good, that would that, be kind of cool. I think that would be yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's pretty exciting because I mean, I, I remember, man. Everybody was like, "Oh yeah, you got to go see this." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm definitely gonna go see it." It's called Power Slave. I have to go see it. So I went over there, man. It, was, it just blew me away. But I was like, "This is awesome." I think it was the first show y'all did. It had to be the first show y'all did because uh, because I remember you mentioning if you, you guys liked it or something you want to hear again. And you know, of course, everybody went absolutely crazy. So, but it was a good show. Yeah, I don't know why we didn't do that more because it was a lot of fun and people were really ready for more. And and I know when we did the the Black Sabbath tribute back in the day that I mean we played a lot. We made a lot of money playing that, and it was fun. And and for whatever reason we. We didn't follow suit with the uh, with the Iron Maiden thing. Well, <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, man. I, I've seen a bunch of your shows through. I've seen you play with Exhorter at Storyville. I've seen shit. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen Floodgate. I, ha, I have seen, um, of course, the Power Slave thing and, and uh, even some of your cover stuff on Bourbon Street. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's you know a lot of times I I've I've gotten a lot of uh, caught in a lot of flack from people. Uh, why are you doing that? Why are you singing in the cover band? Well, you know why? Because when I walk home and I've got you know fat cash in my pocket from working hard all night. Yeah, know? I mean it's it, I, look I, I I'll go sing Journey. I don't care. I like Journey. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, people make fun of some of these tribute bands, like you know a Kiss tribute band or what have right. you. And, uh, you know, it's like, oh, how sad it is that you, you, all you do is go around and do an impression of someone who's better than you and more creative. But at the same time, all those guys, like, they, they make money. Yeah, those bands know? make, like, some of those guys make, like, five grand a, right. a show. Well, okay, you know, uh, you know like I'm, I'm not a fan of, yeah, things. Bag of Donuts. I'm not a fan of them, but, but they make money. Yeah. They're, they're constantly booked up. They work hard, man, and people like it. Why not go make money at it? And right. It, that's you know, right. I can I can think of a lot of shows that I play, playing, pouring my heart out, playing my own music, moving my own gear, and you know, eight people showed up, and all I've got to show for it is linty pockets and half off my bar tab. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I love See, the, my favorite are the ones where you drive out of state and play in front of five people. That's my favorite. Yeah, that's that's killer. <laughs> yeah, man. We did that in Florida. We drove out. Drove out to Florida. We we actually did a show at a vegan coffee house that had a sign out front that said no cursing. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we show up and there's like six people there eating their soy latte, whatever the fuck they're eating. And I'm like, all right, this is going to be good. So I got up on stage with a hot dog I bought down the street. <laughs> and I said, what the fuck's going on? Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, you know. That's why yeah. I'm making friends. Yeah, yeah, it was. We made no money. I mean, what the hell? Nobody else was going to be there. That was one of the right. weirdest shows we played. The other weird one we played was we actually played in Homo. We played it inside a mall, the Homo Mall, in a Kukos. Yes! Wow. We, yes! We played in Kukos. Nice. Um, uh, Is that... At Southland Mall in Homa? Yes. Nice. <laughs> we actually, they actually would close the mall and the Kukos would open up and let bands play there. Well, when we were getting ready to play, we opened that night for, I forget who the hell we were playing with, but, uh, uh Resurrection Man played there and, and fucking, um, people were still eating <laughs> Mexican food. Nice. So I got on their tables. <laughs> And then, and I'm screaming at these people while they're eating nachos. Ah! They're like, what the fuck is going on? I like how you, you, you had the accent of each each word like a question. We're, they're eating food. <laughs> so I stood on their tables. I was excited. I'm sorry. Well, like, you know, I, I I think one of the weirdest worst gigs I'd ever done was uh, you had mentioned doing a a show that was a it was a it was like a concert slash porn convention. Yes. I think, How do we okay. get all that, by the way? <laughs> yeah, I, I I did one. It was it was kind of well, it wasn't really a foreign convention, but uh, up around Pittsburgh, they used to have things called stripping jams, and there was these huge uh, these huge strip clubs up around Pittsburgh, and they would have uh, concerts, and then the girls, while the bands were playing, would dance. Nice. So it was so they're you're on stage, you're trying to focus on your music, and you've got you got tail like waving in front of your face the entire time. <laughs> Just praying, just praying that your drummer can keep time because he's staring at her and not looking at the cues. But um, we get we get to the show, and uh, I was like, oh crap, you know, it was, it was we thought it was kind of more of a battle of the bands type of thing. But um, all these, it was like, why are we the only band here? It's like, oh, you're not. You're gonna be playing with this other band. This was one of the coolest and weirdest moments I think in, in, for me doing music was we get there and we see a bus pull up and we ended up opening for. Uh, kicks. What? Oh, nice. I was like, oh my gosh, it's kicks. We're playing a stripping jam with kicks. How awesome. <laughs> and, and, and not the cereal, correct? No, not the cereal. Oh, no. Just checking, just checking. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a really, really surreal kind of thing. But yeah, that porn convention thing. Yeah, yeah, we definitely need to get on that. Yeah, we do. We need to figure out how to do that. The podcast needs to go from to that that porn convention and broadcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Adam will just. I don't know what Adam would be doing. He'd be he'd be really quiet probably the entire show. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know him. Yeah. But uh, Kyle, well, we got a we have a um, an event coming up in November. I mean, you, you're welcome to come if you guys are free or open, you know, whatever. Not or just show up or you know, uh, it's November 30th. That's going to be at the Twist Alarm. We have some local acts playing. We got a uh, we have a uh, burlesque troupe that's actually uh, going to be dancing in between each band setup. So that's be interesting. That so, would be November 30th, you said. Yeah, it's like it's the. Um, Weekend after Thanksgiving. I have to look at my schedule and see if I have kids that weekend. Or well, not. yeah, yeah, Every, man, Everything, like, everything's contingent upon every other weekend when I have my kids. <laughs> hey, that's, my that's, kids. that's completely understandable, man. I just wanted a thirty invite out, and you know, but if you guys want to come out and hang out, and yeah, I think I might have the kids that weekend. So uh, if if I'm free, I'll I'll come out there, and and if Sweet. not, uh, I'll catch the next one. Oh yeah, and that, that, like I said, we're gonna work. We've been working on something in February, so I'll try to make it on the, on the weekend. You don't, you don't have your kids, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> but um, yeah, is there anything else you want to plug, man, or anything you want to? Like, um, the plug? only other thing, uh, obviously, you know, uh, I've already mentioned Pitts versus Preps, uh, but I've got a project with Ralph Santala and Steve DiGiorgio and uh, Tony Oriano called uh, Devil's Highway, and that's a pretty badass project. We've Uh, recorded recorded about five songs, and we're going to record probably another five or so soon, and then we'll have an album ready to go. And and, uh, it's not death metal, so... uh, You need to to leak some of that. (laughs) Well, there's actually a, a teaser trailer out there somewhere. I'll, I'll forward it to you if oh, yeah, you answer it yet. Please, but it's 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 going to be along the lines of just good, solid heavy metal with uh, you know, dude, Steve you know all the best of all of us. You know, yeah, man. I mean, dude, Steve DiGiorgio is like this. He blows my mind. Yep, he's sick. <laughs> he's incredible, unbelievably good. Well, yeah, I can't that's, wait. That's... I, I can't wait to hear that, man. Uh, that's going to be fucking incredible. Uh, we'll let the car go by. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, one second. Could you get off the car, please? Get off. Yeah, get off the car. Now he's yelling at people. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> the podcast that goes off the edge. <laughs> We're so metal. Rum's gonna start fighting with. We're some kicking dude. patrons off the bar. <laughs> Just start fighting somebody outside. Need to see your ID. Yeah, your ID, please, sir. Your ID. $10, $10, please. $10, please. Well, uh, all right. I appreciate y'all taking the time out tonight, fellas. Oh, no, dude. Thanks for coming on, Kyle. It was was incredible, dude. I'm glad you finally got to get on here. It means a lot. Wayne's got an erection right now. I I do. I do. I'm actually poking him, and it's terrible. That's because he ate all that uh, goat weed earlier. That's right. You're right. I was preparing for you, sir. I thought that was a bag of marshmallows rubbing against my leg. No, it was just me. But uh, thanks for coming on the show, dude. Um, and we look forward to hearing a lot from you. Yeah, uh, and any uh, anytime you ever want to project, anytime you ever want to come back on, dude, just give me a holler. If you got something you want to promote, that other album comes out, let me know. Right on. Well, I'm still on the right side of the grass, so as long as I am, I'm going to keep going. That's right. There you go, man. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to call it a night. Uh, thanks for joining us. And thanks again to Kyle. Uh, remember, I am your host, Wayne. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Adam. And I'm the wrong guy. And remember to keep it metal! 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 metal.